2,000 years ago, in the foothills of modern-day Turkey, the world was in turmoil. The Roman Empire had cast a long and oppressive shadow upon the world, from Spain to Iran, from England down to North Africa. The world was lost, it was broken, it was very dark. Stories of war, heavy taxation, the, the oppressive oppression of a, a government filled the hearts and the minds of everyone 2,000 years ago. But there had been a rumor. Stories have been told, eyewitness accounts declared that there was a man who, who actually was, he came from Israel, who, who brought this life-giving message to those who would listen. He performed miracles, thousands of people were fed, people that, that were dead were brought back to life. The cripple could walk, the blind could see, but then they killed him. The religious leaders of the day handed him over to the Roman authorities and they nailed him to a Roman cross just outside of Jerusalem. Hope died on a dark Friday afternoon. But then a, a new rumor began to circulate. Three days later, that, that same man was seen by over 500 people alive. Could he, could he be the one that, that would bring hope, bring love, bring joy, would bring peace to our world? 2,000 years ago in modern-day Turkey, people were wondering all of these things in a dark world where they desperately, desperately needed the light of God. And today, I would say the same thing is true. Many of us, we, we find ourselves in the same place as those 2,000 years ago. You know, we, we've entered into this season of Advent, and here we are in week three. And as I said earlier, it just feels like there's so many of these little things that are, are seeking to distract us, to steal our joy and our hope. You know, it's, it's supposed to be a time where we're anticipating the, the, the coming of, of that one, the, the promised Messiah that was talked about so many years ago. The one who would bring hope and joy and love and peace into our world today. And so Jesus, his, his arrival is the most monumental, most improbable event in the history of humanity. And yet, he did come for us. Not as, certainly not as we, any one of us expected, but the arrival of Jesus fulfilled all of God's promises to his people. And so as we are quickly running towards Christmas, and you want to look in the Bible and you want to find the Christmas story, where would you look? Maybe somebody would raise their hand, Matthew chapter 1. Someone else would yell out, Luke chapter 2. And I'd say, yes. That's not the only place. Actually, we, we hear the, the story of the arrival of Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. And I think for me, that's the beauty of the Bible. That the majority of the Bible, it, 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 it covers a time span of, of 2000 BC to, to 50 or 70 AD rather. And all of it, all of the stories in one way or another, it all points to Jesus. And so in these weeks that are leading up to Christmas, we, we, were, we were looking and, and finding Jesus in really unexpected places. And we find him in, in the first week in the book of Genesis, right? Just at the very beginning of human history. Last week we talked about this prediction that, that Moses gave of, of this prophet that was going to come 1,500 years before he was even born. And today, 
We're going to be in the book of Galatians. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 4. And if you grab the Bible from the back, it's page 796. And we're going to find Jesus in another unexpected place, in those foothills, in, in the region known as Galatia, in, in the foothills of modern-day Turkey. And we're in about the year 50 A.D. And the people there, they're, 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 they're thinking about who this Jesus is. They're, they're trying to answer a very important question. When, when it comes to God, who are the insiders and who are the outsiders? Who are they? And, and just 20 years before Paul wrote the, the words that we're going to look at today, that the Jewish prophet that, that Moses foretold of, he, he arrived on the scenes. And this is what, how one of his disciples described his purpose in coming to earth. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The son of God came to bring an upside-down kingdom. And, and he would teach things that just really surprise people and unnerve people. Right? He said that those who mourn would be comforted, that the meek, that they would inherit the earth, that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they would be filled, that the, mercy, the merciful would be shown mercy, that the pure in heart would seek God, that the, that the peacemakers would be called children of God, and those who are persecuted because of righteousness, they would receive the kingdom of heaven. And John says, this is all available to anyone, whoever believes in Jesus. That, that, was, that was totally unexpected. And, and, and in 20 years, it, it's going to be such, such an unexpected message that, that it actually, and it's surprising because it had spread. It had spread from Spain to Babylon, really, it had spread throughout the whole world. So as we open up Galatians today, we, we, the question that they're asking, and maybe people are still asking today, is, but is it true? Right? Is, is the whoever that John's talking about, whoever believes in him, whoever believes in Jesus, is, like, is that statement true? Right? It was the question then in the first century, I think it's still true today. When it comes to God, who's the insider and, and who's the outsider? And so just kind of give you some context for all of this. So if you're, and you're, in, if you're reading through the Old Testament, basically there, there were two people groups, the, the Jews and the Gentiles. And so that phrase Jewish, right, it comes from one of the 12 tribes of Israel, Judah. This tribe would, would settle in, this, in a region that would be known as Judea, where Jerusalem is. And so Jewish people during Jesus' day, as well as Jewish people today, they're, they're, they're the biological, they're the spiritual children of the ancient Israelites. And so these, these ancient Israelites are, are, are known throughout the Old Testament as God's chosen people. See, God told the, the people this around 1500 BCs. This, this is what it says in Deuteronomy 7, 6. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. And so God, he specifically chose a specific group, a race of people to reveal himself to the world. He, he calls them his treasured 
possession. And so historically, when, when the people of Israel obey God, they, we would see, you read through the Bible, and you're like, they're, they're prospering here, just in, in miraculous, God-given ways. But so did the nations around them as well. In fact, during the time of David and into his son Solomon's reign, they, they, they were, you would have been considered a, a world superpower. And, and delegations from, from foreign nations all around them would, would send delegations to see and to find out, are these stories that we hear about God's people, are, is, is it true? And they would leave, knowing, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it was true. They would leave with more than, than they came with. And all of it, they began to realize, came from God Almighty. It was a gift of God when, when the people of God obeyed him. But we read story after story after story that, that when God's people did not follow his ways and did not obey his commands, they, they would suffer. And actually, they, they would suffer just like all of the other nations around them. They would suffer da- droughts and famine and, and, and really military invasions that would take them off into captivity. And so you can, you can read throughout the, the Old Testament how the Israelites, like they, they had God's supernatural blessing upon them. And so they just, they, they just naturally thought the kind of the difference between, you know, in terms of the world, you know, hey, there's us and there's them. There's the Jews and the Gentiles. There's the insiders and there's the outsiders. And so around the year f- at 50 A.D., this letter from the Apostle Paul started circulating in the foothills of Galatia. And this, this letter includes this message in Galatians chapter 4, if you have your Bibles open. Verses 4 and 5. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. I mean, put yourself in the, in the context of the people who would have been listening to this. People may have been reading this. They'd be like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait just a minute. What are you talking about? Hey, people who are living in Galatia in 50 AD, like the Jewish people, they'd have been like, this, like, no, like, this, is, this is not what we expected to hear from Paul. And, and, and I mean, and just, like, just for a moment, let's, let's just set aside the, the adoption part. It, it, it's really, really good, but we're going to set that aside for just a moment. And just let's, let's talk about it and let's think about just like why, what it is that they, the people of those days, that the Jews would have heard what they would have thought as they heard these words from the Apostle Paul. I think many of them would be like, why, why would I, a Jew, right, who, a person who, who follows the law, why would I even need to be redeemed? I mean, I follow the law. I mean, that's what faithful and obedient Jews do. So what is this law, right, that, that sets them apart? You know, and we, we looked at Moses last week, and we discussed how, how Moses really helped to define the, the people of God. He, he helped to, to differentiate the, the people of God from, from all the other nations around them. And how that happened? Through the giving of the law. Moses received God's law, all 613 of his commands, and he gave it to the people. He says, this is what's going to set you apart from everybody else in the world. And so following God's law was really the defining characteristic of the Jewish people. So put yourself in this situation. You're a Jewish person living in the foothills of Galatia in 50 AD. I mean, you're, you're certainly, you're, like, you're not expecting a letter like this. 
And, and they, I mean, they'd be wondering, like, if I follow the law, then, then why do I even need this guy Jesus to redeem me? This is such a, an important question that, that Israel needed to wrestle to the ground with and continue to wrestle with. And the apostle Paul, who was a Jew, I mean, he, he dedicated his life of, of answering that question, why do we need Jesus? He wrote in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. You see, the, the real heart of God's law is that, that was is that, that sin demands a sacrifice. And so, so the law, it had to have a provision for the breaking of the law. I mean, it had to because there, there's, we're all sinners, right? And so this, the provision for, for breaking the law was to make a sacrifice, to, a, a, a sacrifice of atonement or payment for a person's sin. But here's the thing. There would never be enough animals walking this planet to, to cover over all the sins of us as, as, as humans, not to mention just our, our sin nature. And so this, when, when I read Galatians chapter 4, it, for me, it's, it's the beauty of Christmas. Galatians 4, 5 and, 4 and 5 again. When, we, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. And so this was Jesus' message, actually, to the insiders, right? So, so around the, the middle of the first century, these letters, they're, they're circulating throughout the Mediterranean just about how Jesus, he's the, the fulfillment of the law. That, that Jesus had, had brought this new and everlasting covenant to God's people. And for them, I get just, it had to have been unexpected, they weren't looking for this, or maybe they were looking for it, but it came in such a, a way that they, they missed it. You see, Paul, see, I think what Paul is saying here is that, that, that we, we don't, and really we, we can't earn God's love by following the law, because we already have God's law, or God, God's love. It, it's his nature to love you and to me, for God so what? Loved the world. Right? And so Paul's saying, because God so loved the world and because God sent his one and only son and, and because he died on a cross once and for all, for all sins, and because three days later he was raised from the dead, Paul's saying, look, anyone and everyone can be adopted by God into his family simply by believing in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Paul says clearly, it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone. And I'm telling you, that had to have shocked those insiders in the first century. Because, because the world, what does it teach us? Say, hey, it's good to be an insider, right? It's good to, to have access to, to that, you know, that just stuff that other people don't have access to, to be in the club, right? And so, you know, you pay your initiation fee, you do your initiation ritual, and then, you know, you're in. And for the Jewish people, the initiation ritual was circumcision, and the fee was following the law. But now, wait a minute, wait, wait, what, are you, what are you saying, Paul? Like, anyone can be a part of this club? That's an upside-down kingdom. That is totally unexpected. But I think 
as I read through the Bible, that it shouldn't have been unexpected because if we go all the way back to the, to the beginning of the nation of Israel, all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, we, we see that, that God tells Abram that all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The, the Psalms instruct their listeners to declare God's glory among the nations in Psalm 96. The prophet Micah predicts that many nations will come to learn God's ways in Micah 4.2. And then there's the prophet Isaiah. And here's what he writes in the 8th century BC, in Isaiah 42, verse 6. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light. For who? The Gentiles. Isaiah 49, 6. Is it too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept? I will make you a light for who? The Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. And so even from its very origin, God's people have known, they've always known, that God wasn't just exclusively theirs. Right? God's people actually, they, they knew that, that God's salvation would come through them. To, to them first, yes, but it would be their joyful role in, in the, the, wor- the history of the whole world to proclaim the glory of God to everyone that they may come to salvation. And so the call upon the people of God is that they actually, think about this, they'd be missionaries. They would be a reflection of God's light in a dark world. And then Jesus arrives on the scene, and guess what? He proved it was all true. To the churches in the foothills of Galatia in 50 AD, Paul, he's like, listen, guys. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. You see, those those people in the the churches in Galatia, they would have been made up of both Jews and Gentiles, insiders and outsiders. And so here they are holding in their hand in this outpost church in in modern-day Turkey in this dark and confusing world. And these people are hearing a new truth. They were being reminded there's, there's no such thing as, as insiders and outsiders. A line has been drawn through that. There's, it's all that, that difference is, is gone. Jesus came to open up the gates of heaven to everyone. Every single person who walked the planet, who would put their faith in Jesus, has a, a new story being written about them. The Jews who have made an idol out of the law, forgiven. The Gentiles who never knew God, welcomed. The poor, heirs of heaven. Right? The, the oppressed freedom in Christ, the, the unloved, get this, adopted into the family of God. And so in the year 50 AD, the, the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus showed up in just unexpected places and unexpected ways. In, in, in the fringe of society, among pagans, who up to that point were were practicing witchcraft and idolatry, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up in in the hearts of Jewish men and women who up to that point, they they thought they were just keeping God to themselves. And so when I read this, I, I, I read about what's going on back in 50 AD, but I also think about us, you and me. Right, the, the purpose of the Israelite people, like the, the reason that they were made a, a people group in the first place was to demonstrate God's love and to share his light in the world. 
What about you? What about me? I mean, think about this. What was the last thing that Jesus said before he went up to heaven? Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Acts 1.8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, guess what? You and I, we have inherited the commission of the ancient Israelites to go, to witness, to share the good news, to be a light in the world, to take that light to, to, to unexpected places, to unexpected people. You know, just, I think there's just an, an infinite number of opportunities for, for us to, to engage in this call to be deployed missionaries in our world for Jesus, like to, to think of ourselves as ambassadors for Jesus. So I, I have a question for you, maybe a, a challenge for you. you know, in the midst of everything that's going on, you jump on Route 30, your blood pressure just goes up right now, right? And in the midst of everything that's going on right now, would you just commit for this week? I'm not talking about next month and for the next 25 years. I'm just talking about this week. In the midst of all of the busyness and the chaos and the online shopping and finding parking at the mall, as you go to your kids and your grandkids' band concerts, right? would you be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit this week? Would you? you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't shout at us. Holy Spirit speaks softly in a whisper to all of us. You know, we're all, we're all getting ready for Christmas. But are we getting ready for Jesus? Are we? You know, as a, as a disciple of Jesus, I think it's just, it's so tempting for all of us to kind of have this, this insider mentality and lifestyle. You know, but Jesus, he, he came for the outsider let me ask you, is Christmas good news when you're around? Is Christmas good news when I'm around? You know, does the, does the single mom or dad, you know, in your circle of influence experience the, the joy of Christmas from you, from me? Does the person who, who just recently lost their, their spouse or, or loved one this year experience the hope of Christmas from you? And for me, does, does the least, the, the last, and the lost of, of our community experience the love of Christmas from you and from me? Now, they're walking through some dark times right now. Everybody is dealing with something. That, and, and maybe, just maybe, we would see ourselves as ambassadors for Jesus that we would be the ones who would be bearers of light in our homes and in our marriage and in our workplaces, at school, you know, at the mall, while we're waiting at the drive-thru, that we would be ambassadors for Jesus. Because Jesus arrived at just the right time to bring the world hope and joy and peace and love. Let's be good news this week to the people we meet. Let's pray. Almighty God, we're just so grateful for your word. 
And sometimes it just it pierces our hearts and it reminds us that um, we, we live in a, in a dark world and, and you have called us to be light, to reflect the light of Jesus into this world. And so, Father, I, I pray that just every one of us would become just acutely aware of the Holy Spirit this week. I know, God, that means that we're, we're going to have to spend a, a few moments just getting quiet and alone with you. It's going to be just countercultural. It's an, it's an upside-down kingdom that you invite us into, God. And the faster we run, the more busy we get, God, the, the easier it is to miss your still small voice. And I pray that every single one of us, God, would be good news for someone this week. God, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that loves those who we come in contact with this, this week. That as we are getting ready for Christmas, we will really get ready for Jesus. We will live this week for his glory. Father, we love you and we praise you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.